1: Welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host Ralph Marlborough. Did the Saints draft the next Sammy Knight and Norman Hand, or did they draft Malcolm Jenkins 2.0 and Jonathan Sullivan 2.0? Here to figure it out, as always, Andrew Dudge from the Saints Nation, Kevin Held. Oh wait, is that Iron Eagles music? Fire. Oh, I guess A.K.A. Kevin Held from King, Drops the Ball... I think he's in a wrestling ring as we speak. Is that correct, Kevin? You're working on your drops and your iron claw and your suplex. Is that, is that correct? And the iron eagle. Um, yeah.
2: Actually, actually no, uh, iron, iron eagle is, uh, is going with his, uh, with his iron lady who, <laughs> who, that's a poor reference. That makes her look bad. Uh, uh. I, iron eagle is going to see Iron Man 3 tonight. So.
1: And for the record, the theme music you just heard is courtesy of our own Andrew Juge, who I think had to do this song to get over the pain he felt on draft night. Andrew, your guy, Star, was but one pick away, and the Saints didn't get him. How disappointed were you?
3: Yeah, I was. I was disgusted. And yeah, don't, don't all rush on the iTunes all at once and download <laughs> my song for 129 because I know it's such poetry that it you is. Know, you're dying to get it. Um, you know, that, that was, it took a lot of time for me to come up with the, the guitar, um, riff and the, the lyrics. I mean, it was very challenging. So, I, you know, obviously that takes a lot of skill, but, uh, um, I I'm was, am sure there were. Multiple the first round. Yeah. Yeah. But, look, I mean, I, I was never really against the Vaquera. I mean, I know some people feel strongly against it, but uh, when it was the Saints' turn to draft, they had three guys on the board um, that I had kind of in a in a board ranking, and I had Sheldon Richardson at number two, um, I had Jarvis Jones at number one, and I had uh, Kenny Vaquera at three, all ranked pretty similarly. And I think the Saints ruled out. I had some questions that Sheldon Richardson could do nose in a three-four, and um, we know the Saints ruled out some guys based on health, and we're not privy to Jarvis Jones's medical files and his medical records, and you know doctors that we trust didn't, you know, uh, basically see how, how he responded with his neck problems. So I, I don't know what those are. I know that it's an issue, and um, it's very possible that Jarvis Jones is ruled out based on his problems, and so it the case. Uh, I'm I'm fine with the Vaccaro pick. I think is going to be a really good player in the league, and I think he's a huge improvement over what they have at safety. And we've talked about this at length. You know, TFF ranked Jenkins and Harper as the worst two safeties in the NFL last year, of all graded safeties, the two absolute worst. So you, you can't tell me that Vaccaro is – Jenkins 2.0. Well, I mean, you he's stole. Not going to come in say it's
1: to and be the war strength safety. Well, well, you, Andrew, you sold, you sold my, you stole my segue to Kevin Held. Kevin, I'm reading the media, and, and look, we we make fun of Jeff Duncan, and we make fun of other people, but I like there's certain media people that I like, like Bradley Hanberger and other people, and a lot of the media was like, safety wasn't really a need. What? Yeah, how you figure? How you figure? I mean, the same safeties, in the words of Andrew Deuce, they suck. I want new ones.
2: Yeah, I, I, it's just, I'm still, I'm still on the, uh, I'm still on the indifferent train. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not super stoked. I'm not all, oh my god, why did we draft a safety? I, I, and I'm not feeling, you know, I, I, I was starting to get amped up because I was following it on Twitter about how Star, Star, la da la was dropping, and it looked like he was going to drop to listen in when he did, and I immediately, I immediately, uh, wanted to, uh, what, wanted to put out a, uh, a suicide watch it note. It took 10 pain.
1: seconds to make that pick. for the record.
2: Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and that just makes it even worse. Um... But can you guys explain to me why Carolina?
3: I mean, I get that there's some there's some mathematical scenario where it makes sense, but they fucking swept us last year. How are we picking after the Panthers when they swept us?
1: Because you know what it is? Because they 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 don't because it's it's not head to head versus the Panthers. I don't yeah,
3: yeah, forget all that, Ralph. Why are they <laughs> picking ahead of us? I
1: don't know. It's a pool of all seven, nine teams.
2: Flan Roger Cadell.
1: <laughs>
2: that's that's that's. I mean, shit. When you asked that before, I think you asked that on Twitter, and I was like, "Well, it's got to be Cadell, right?" I didn't even t- take into consideration any sort of strange, like third or fourth type of rule in, in that, that could that could be setting precedent. I immediately just went to, "Yeah, it's got to be Cadell." But anyway, with the safety, I've I've. Re- Everybody I, I've read has said this was the best safety on the board. It was widely established it was the best safety on the board. And I'm certainly not going to play the whole. It's not like we didn't need a safety thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's fine, but I just want to see, I just want to, I just want to hear some stuff from training camp, see what that's like, and then, and then judge from there. And then, and then we'll go by preseason. Granted, it's not real. None of that shit's real till the first game. But I'll at least feel better about the pick at that time. And you know, I'm sure I'll be fully engaged on in uh, in some you know nice homerism by that time.
1: Yeah, I mean the the draft. I thought you know it, it didn't overwhelm me. I think look, we all had a little bit of letdown because the guy that we thought was. Never going to get to the Saints. Almost got there. So there was a little bit of letdown. But Andrew, I think one thing about this draft that I really liked before we even go further into the specific players is I really like the fact that the Saints, besides using the, the pick they got for Chris Ivory to move up and take Jonathan Jenkins in the third round, they they stopped trading future picks for players now, which... We're all about winning now, winning now, winning now. But eventually, that bites you in the ass, and it, it couldn't have been easy for the Saints to sit there through the whole second round and not be tempted to make a move, and they didn't. And I think that bodes well for them. And they they've built, they've got some guys that might not contribute this year, like Arms, uh, Taron Armstead in the in the in the third round, and Kenny Kenny Stills. But overall, I think not mortgaging the future was a good thing going for 2014.
3: Yeah. Look, I am glad that it seems like every year the Saints draft with Sean Payton and and they have anywhere from four to five picks. I mean, that seems like the norm the the mean of of the number of picks that they have, um, you know, obviously part of that's trades and, and certainly the, uh, the Roger Goodell factor didn't help with the, with the number of picks, but, uh, no, it, it's nice for them for once to finish with the number of picks that they started with, and um, you know, kind of make that, um, you know, just just kind of leave the draft with. Sorry, we have five picks. We started with five picks. We finished with five picks. I mean, obviously, they could have even picked up a pick if they had just stuck with uh, the two fourth rounders instead of trying to move up. Um, and I like the player they got. I, I kind of wish. I kind of wish they had stayed down for. Uh, reasons of just you know we we talked about this before the draft that we just felt like the team needed bodies um, but no I, it's nice to have a full stock of draft picks for 2014 and, and if anything I think it's going to make for a more fun exercise next time around as opposed to the last two drafts where um, you know last year the Saints didn't pick at all so the third round and this year there was a huge lull between that first pick and the third round pick so I mean, I think they went from 15 to 75, so it was about 60 picks uh, before the Saints went again. So uh, the last two drafts have been kind of kind of boring if you're a Saints fan. And But going back real quick to uh, the star, um, you know, I didn't feel like I really answered your question very well the first time around, but I do want to say that that was a huge bummer. And jokes aside, I really felt like he was one of the best players in the draft. And for him to fall... You know, you'd seen some mocks, and you'd seen some scenarios where, where he would drop. But frankly, um, that that was my aiming for the stars tick, and I, I never really believed um, that he would fall like that. And for for team after team to continually pass on him, and for him to all of a sudden be available at eleven, and then twelve, and then thirteen, it's like holy shit, this guy's gonna follow the same And the the level of talent that he provided um, at pick 15 was just – to me, there was no doubt the Saints were taking him. If he was available at 15 um, – and, and they, they mentioned as much there, that they said there was a couple guys on their board available that they were considering. I have no doubt that Starless Tulele was their guy if he was there at 15. And to lose him one pick away to a division rival – um, was just crushing, and uh, I think he's going to be a great player for the Panthers, but, you know, I'm excited about vaquero, um, but I I really do have to admit, if I'm looking at the draft, like, you move on. Like, he's not going to yeah. be the same player vaquero is, and so, you know, that's the guy I'm going to root for, and that's the guy I'm going to focus on. But, you know, the last thing I'll say about that is it really is a bummer because with the defense and where it is now, that was one guy that I felt, could really change the fortunes of of the unit pretty quickly, yeah. and uh, now they're going to have to maybe mix and match and kind of do it the hard way.
1: Well, Kevin, uh, the Saints they did one of my favorite things. They picked the fat guy, and I, you know me, I love I love it when they pick fun, uh, hard-playing fat guys, and they did that uh, in the third round. In the uh, third round, they moved up to get Jonathan Jenkins from Georgia. They traded Chris Ivory to the Jets, got the fourth round pick that they wanted. The Saint, you know, the Jets wanted to give a five, the Saints wanted a four. So Mickey Loomis got what he wanted. So rate for me the Chris Ivory tr- trade, which basically was Chris Ivory and a fourth round pick for Jonathan Jenkins, the the defensive lineman from Georgia.
2: Uh, I will go. I'm, I'm going to go B plus because I, I, I was just, I was taken aback by, I was kind of taken aback by how uh, they suddenly turned around and, and use the pick that they gained to pair up with another pick to then trade up. So I, I, I think some of the steam got lost in that. I mean, it was a good pick, that they were able to make. I just think in the moment, it just felt like, oh my God, we got everything, we got exactly what we wanted now. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, we're using this to trade up a few spots. Not not like we're moving up a whole lot, we're just moving up a few spots from where we're currently going to pick. And so it just felt, I don't know, it, it just felt weird, like the wind was being taken out of our sails.
1: They moved up from, so, it would have been 102 10- it would have been. They would have had, I think, one hundred six and one hundred nine. So they moved up from one hundred six, I think, to eighty two. So it was a pretty big move. Um,
2: ah, okay. Then I, I'm. I, then that's. I must have been stuck on that. Then I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it was.
1: But I mean, your point. Still I, I, the same point. I mean, they would have had two. They would have had two picks later in the third, You know, in the fourth round, closer together. So I mean, it, You know it. Uh, it did seem like a lot to give up, and, but, uh, Andrew, this guy, Jonathan Jenkins, mixed reviews, but mixed, Todd McShay really likes him and says he, the reason he, he plays so hard that he needs to get in shape because he plays so hard he can only, go, he, he gets exhausted by the middle of the third quarter. So that's why he needs to, to get in shape, not because he's lazy. Um, of what you've seen on him, how much fat guy fun potential does he have? Because that's what I'm I'm about. I'm about making the jokes about the fat guy, but I'd like to make the jokes about the fat guy that plays well, not eats himself out the league.
3: Yeah, look, when uh, if you listen to anything I say on this podcast or <laughs> if you read anything that I write on my blog, and it's not a given that any of the people listening right now do any of those things, but if you do... Um, you know that for minute one I have said that nose in the 3-4 for the Saints right now, based on the personnel they have, is a huge, huge need. Um, And I have been a long proponent of saying, we need a fat guy. We need an anchor 3-4 that is going to be a fat tub of lard and just sit there in the middle of the line of scrimmage and suck up offensive linemen and basically eat space. And... I have long lobbied for that, and obviously Starlo Tulele comes with athleticism, and I mean that, that, that's the next version, but by far, Jonathan Jenkins was the best available guy. Now, look, he fell to the third round because he's a one-trick pony. Not everyone runs a 3-4, and the ones that do have fairly good solutions at nose because they've been a 3-4 for a while. The Saints are brand new at it, um, and they don't really have, the personnel at each position perfectly set up yet, so they don't have the nose. I mean, Broderick Bunkley is the closest thing, and he's a guy that can handle himself there, and he'll be fine. But um, certainly, certainly, I, I think you need a young guy for the future at that position, and I love that pick. He, I don't think he would have lasted because he was by far, um, in my opinion, the best guy left on the board at that point. I think it was a great pick. I think you can debate... The trade having two picks versus one and that, that's where it gets a little dicey and cloudy for me and I would love to have had two players instead of one. But in terms of the position where they picked him, um, I thought it was phenomenal and they wouldn't get him. And so he represents for me that fat guy that can eat space. And I've, I've long said if you're going to do a 3-4 right, it all starts up front and it all starts with that nose. And Jenkins can absolutely be that guy. He absolutely has the talent. And from there, it's up to Ryan and Sean Payton to mil- manipulate him, to press the right buttons, to get in his head, to get him motivated, to where he works hard and gets his weight down. And if he, if they're able to push the right buttons and get him at, in the right, you know, mental frame of mind or the right the right place in his head where it all comes together, he will be a great player in this system. Um, if it's another Jonathan Sullivan or another just. Lazy guy that eats his way in. Certainly, New Orleans is one of the worst places for that. If you're, if you're lazy and you have, you have trouble staying away from tasty food, I mean, New Orleans is is the worst. So um, that that's going to be a challenge for him. And if he kind of falls into that trap, then um, it could be a problem. So we'll see what happens. But I, I love the pick, and um, I, I think that 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 position was a huge need, and the Saints filled it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the my one worry, Kevin, with with fat guys in the NFL, a lot of times great fat guys, they don't get good until their second team. Like they'll almost eat themselves out of the league and they'll be like, oh my God, I can't weigh 400 pounds, but I can weigh 370 and still play. You know, like uh, who was it? Uh, Pat Williams, he played for Minnesota, but before he played for Minnesota, he played for the Bills. And before he played for the Bills, I think he played for Cleveland. And you had Sam Adams who I think – he played for the Raiders before he played for Baltimore. So fat guys sometimes they don't make it until their second team, but we'll see. And uh, the same Kevin, who would be the last fun fat guy the Saints had on defense? Norman Hand maybe. I I,
2: I was actually going to
1: say Brady? Norman
2: Hand, Grady yeah, I mean, Grady I mean, Jackson.
1: No, he wasn't fun. He was just fat. <laughs>
2: yeah, he was. I mean, he was a sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's- there's fun fat guy, and then there's sack of shit fat, the fat guy, and and I feel like the Saints have had too many, too many sack of shit fat, uh, fat guys in 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 the last uh, the last several years.
1: Yeah, um, Kevin, is there anybody that they drafted that you are you are excited about or interested? Of the other picks that really sort of stands out, and you're like, oh, that guy, I, I, that guy really interests me. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be paying that attention to him in training camp. Oh,
2: oh yeah, oh absolutely. I'm interested in seeing. Uh, I'm interested in Kenny Stills. Uh, I'm interested in seeing like what, uh, like whether or not his his pumps will match his handbag when he shows up at training camp and, and when he shows <laughs> up for every game at the dome. Uh, I I I, I want to know if he if he's got if he goes scrunchy or banana clip. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I've got, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to know if he's going to paint his nail black and gold or if he's just going to keep it, like, some nice aqua colors, maybe some fluorescent colors. Uh, there's, a, 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 I've got to recommend this lovely color, Havana Blue, if he's interested in that. It looks mm-hmm. very nice. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in seeing the man's style. I, I, I know that, uh, I know that there's got to be a, uh, Oh, what's that fancy schmancy place? there's gotta be one of those in the uh in the mall on uh on Canal Street. So Nordstrom. There's gotta be a Nordstrom somewhere in in, in the uh in the C B D that we can get him to and uh maybe uh fit him into something that uh that makes him feel so pretty and dainty.
1: <laughs> he could that 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 uh, could be well, this is a
3: good segue for Jason Collins.
1: It is, but before we get to Jason, before we get to Jason Collins, uh, any chance Mister Rufus Johnson does anything? Because I'm very excited for a guy named for for a guy named Rufus to contribute uh, on the Saints, because it's been a really long time since that's occurred.
3: Well, they they did dig up Rufus Porter from the grave years ago, and that was a disaster. So don't get too excited. I have no idea. None of us have any idea. No one knows who this guy is, and it's another trick, you know, of the Saints, you know. The the, the only saints.
1: thing I, the only thing I know about Tarleton State is that Vern Lundquist is their most famous alumni.
3: Wow, that's wow. what I know. That's- that is that is impressive, Ralph. That you did some research and came up with. that. No, part. I just
1: I wow. watch I watch SEC football every Saturday, and they give Vern the score whenever Tarleton wins, and he gets all excited.
3: That is solid. That's <laughs> solid work. Well, yeah, we we have no idea. I mean, look, it, they, they I mean, I was crucifying the Saints last year for drafting Akeem Hicks in third round, and now. Um, he's probably the most exciting developmental player they have on the roster. So, (laughs) obviously, they, at least, at least for now, it was promising with him. It was certainly a hit with Marcus Colson. It was certainly a hit with German Bushrod and, and, uh, Jari Evans. So, they're doing something right with their scouting. And, you know, uh, gosh, I mean, Stillman College gave us, uh, Junior Gillette. So, Yeah, I have no idea how good this guy is, but if I know anything about the Saints and their scouting department, it's that they're better at getting guys from schools you've never heard of that have talent than they are at getting guys from schools that are known by everyone. So, um, obviously, the scouts that are often never ever land turning over rocks are doing a better job than the scouts that are showing up to the big big bowl games. Um, And I don't know why that is, but, I mean, it almost seems like the weaker play, the the weaker schools have yielded um, more fruit and you know bear more fruit for the Saints in terms of young talent um, than some of these big schools have so
1: but at, um, least, strange, but at
3: least but hopefully history repeats itself. But at
1: least that means they stay they're sticking to what they're good. I mean at least you can say, hey they're they're good at picking small state small school guys to so stick with it. So at least they're trying to at least they're trying to stay in their lane. So to speak. Um, Kevin's short on time, so I, we, we want to get to a non-football issue. Jason Collins came out. He's gay. He's in the NBA. He might play three more years and score 10 points next year total. Um, well, I mean it's true. I mean he's, a, but I mean hey, you know I used to be a fan of the Knicks and Herb Williams played till he was like 45, and I never. I think he went whole years where he scored like two points. Um, Kevin, the only thing I'm going to say...
2: Howard's still playing, too. What's that? I think Juwan Howard's still, Howard playing
1: is still playing. Um, still playing. I think the whole issue about it... I, I think people under 30 or, or even under 35 don't really give a shit. Um, the one thing that was a little bit disappointing to me is what sort of happened to Chris Broussard on Twitter. They're like, fire him. All he said is like, you know, I'm really religious. I think being gay is a sin, just like adultery is a sin, just like uh, stealing is a sin, just like lying is a sin, and people are, like freak the fuck out and want to get him fired. Um, so I guess you can, if you have any disagreement about it, you just keep your mouth shut. But we'll get to that in a second. How do you think it's gonna? How do you think it's gonna play uh, next year? Let's assume he gets a job and is on a roster, because if he's not on a roster. Then this is nothing at all to me.
2: Um, I think it'll be. I, I I think he'll he'll be on a roster. I I, you know, there were a number of people on Twitter, and I think he might have been one of them who, who, who joked. You know, that this is a cynical way of looking at it, but him coming out might have been a a play to you know, stay in the league. I mean, yeah. he's, he's at the tail end of his career. He's only averaging, like, a few points a game, a few rebounds. He's not a starter. He comes off the bench now. And now that now that this is out, uh, in a matter of speaking, that there may be some teams that will be like, hey, why don't we give the guy a shot and we can count how progressive we are, whatever. And and you know you know, you know Mark Cuban is and, eating and that shit. Up. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, uh, and look, I'm sure there'll be people that'll eat that shit up. And look, if this ends up being the end of his career, uh that's fine too. I think because again, it's not like it's not like he was, it's not like he was a solid contributor. He was a bench guy. Again, he wasn't doing that much. And and that'll be okay. I I, I would be. I would be reticent to to eat. I I I can't imagine somebody trying to spin this into a. They don't. Nobody wants to sign a game. Well, I think. Although I'm sure there'll be some crazies that'll try doing that. Well, I think. Uh, I I I, I, if 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 I can just get to this uh, this little thing real quick. Go ahead. You know, people people were trying to like figure out his place historically, and 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 people were trying to say so. Is he? Is there like a Jackie Robinson comparison, and? I don't look at it like that. I would look at it, it, and I I was racking my brain trying to find a sports comparison, and I can't, and it just occurred to me uh, on the highway here, uh, that if NASA suddenly decided we're going back to the moon, and they put a guy on the moon, because... We've known that there are – we know gay people. The gay – you know, people being gay and being out in public, that's been around for a while. Hell, Except Martina in Alex Iran. do not have out.
1: gays in Iran. The president of Iran but, said so.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if he says <laughs> it's out of <a> the trail. So <laughs> it's like the, the public knows, you know – knows what's out there, or or knows to a degree what's out there, it's just, we just don't know specifically, and and maybe our generation hasn't experienced the whole guy walking on the moon thing, so, this is a guy walking on the moon. It's like, he's, it's it's a mind-blowing thing, but, it's not holy shit, man walks on moon, no, it's, oh, good, we're on the moon again, that's great.
1: Yeah, that's a so good
2: comparison. So that's, that's like the closest thing I can, I can liken it to, and and the best and what that means is that okay, we've gone back to the moon. Now we can go to Mars, or now we can go land on an asteroid. Meaning that the next person, or, you know, a more prominent athlete who wants to come out and wants to be comfortable enough to do that can do that because this guy went ahead and took all of the immediate attention and absorbed all whatever. Bullshit comes along with it, for good or bad. So now the next guy will do it, and maybe the next person who will do it. will be a superstar. Maybe the next person who will do it. It'll be a sixth man, or fuck. Maybe it'll be the whole NFL thing, and it'll be a group of NFL guys that will come out and do it. So that's that's how I look at that.
1: Well, Andrew, that was going to be my next point. Does this make it? Does this make it more likely that we're going to see a couple of players in other sports come out? fairly quickly in the next four say are we going to have a player in another sport come out before football season starts and it doesn't necessarily have to be a football player going to be any player but it, but that'll be a relative that'll be a short period of time
3: well definitely i mean i i think i i think people look at the the positive i think overall overwhelmingly positive response i mean, I have no idea what Jason Collins's tweets, tweet his Twitter account looks like, and what his mentions look like. And I'm sure that he's got some bashing going on. I'm sure there's some um, some idiots out there that are, um, you know, judging him and uh, you know saying some things to him just based solely on who he is, and and that's unfair. And you know he knew he was getting into that when he made that announcement, and that's that's a courageous thing to deal with, kind of those messages. So. Um, but, I I mean, at least from what I've seen, by by and large, um, it's been incredibly positive. I mean, the media is all over. I mean, this is a huge story. Um, you know, I really – a lot of NBA players, a lot of athletes from other um, sports, I mean, Marty Fish and Andy Roddick, both tennis players, um, were very vocal in supporting him, and both guys are married to very hot wives. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean it's just, it's not just the gatekeeper. Well, he's
1: a fun, he's a popular crazy. he's a popular player. I mean, when he was traded from the Celtics uh, at the trade deadline, Doc Rivers went out of his way to be like, "Yeah, I know fans and stuff say, yeah, he only averaged two rebounds and a point a game, but he's a great teammate. He you know he plays his ass off on defense and screens and does all the things that a good play a good yeah, role player needs whatever. to do."
3: whatever, Ralph, Ralph. Yeah. He sucks at basketball. I mean, let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. He, he's not – I mean, he's a, he was a mediocre basketball player in his prime, and now he is way over the hill at 34. So, so he sucks at basketball, and that's fine. And and so, you know, look, yes, I, I do think it takes – Sucks in comparison to
1: other football. NBA players.
3: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. But look, the bottom line is it makes it easier for the next guy to come out, hopefully.
1: Yeah. And hopefully
3: sometime in the not-too-distant future, guys are going to start coming out and it's going to stop being a story and the media is not going to blow it up into this big thing and we can stop talking about it because I never asked Jason Collins what his sexual preference was because I don't care. And I'm 32 and, Ralph, you're close to 35, I know. And I've I been around – I have one gay friend that's very, I'm very close to and I – I know a bunch of other guys that are gay that are out, and and I, I've seen, I've been around it, and and I don't live the sheltered life where people that are out doesn't exist. So I, I don't really care where Jason Collins wants to put his dick, and that doesn't matter to me. And and I, I, personally, I, I am a little annoyed, and and I don't want. Obviously, this is a really sensitive subject, and um, it's a really big fad right now to to support the whole equality thing, and that's a good thing. I've got nothing against Jason Collins. He didn't do anything wrong, and I want to be clear about that. From everything I can tell, he's a good guy, and he's probably a really good role model for young, confused, um, you know, guys that that are looking for someone to look up to. And so, I, I, as far as I can tell, like that's that's great. But I kind of. I'm annoyed in that I don't really care what his preference is. And I realize this has to happen so that we can get to a point where it stops being news. But the reaction that this guy all of a sudden is a hero, um, to me is a little ridiculous. I mean, he he is a shitty basketball player. He was a shitty basketball player before he announced, and he's still a shitty basketball player today. If anything, we just talked about the PR and – I mean, it's, it's a PR dream for a team like the Timberwolves
1: that no one talks about.
3: They sign him tomorrow. That's a huge coup for that team. Or franchise. the
1: Pelicans, for that matter.
3: Yeah, or the Pelicans. Sure, bring him to New Orleans. It, it, it raises the awareness of the team in the media. And so, oh man, so, if anything, I think this is potentially a calculated move by him. And there's certainly some, some negatives that go with announcing that you're gay. So, I respect that. And I respect the calculated risk. But look, if I was in his position, I would do it too. I would, I would think to myself, I'm 34. Uh, I kind of blow at basketball at this point. I'm not really sure if anyone's going to want me. I could drop this bomb now, and it probably actually gives me a better shot of getting signed again. Now,
1: Well, I think David Star- – I'm not I-
3: suggesting that I went through his head, but I'm just well, saying, like, th- th- there is – it's not like this is the most selfless act in the history of the world. No, it's not.
1: And, and and let me tell you something. David Stern wants this to be successful. He wants the NBA to be seen as the first league to have a, a gay player. And, and Absolutely. If, and if Jason Collins, Kevin, if he doesn't make a team next year, he gets forgotten like that. David, well, I, I don't
2: know if he gets forgotten like that. I I, 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 no I, I, I
1: think he's more with that.
2: I think he'll get forgotten like that when the next, when the next athlete comes out of the closet. That's, that's when, the, I, I think that's when he'll be, he'll go on the back burner.
1: Well, I, it'll be interesting. I, I think, I think Jason Collins, it was a big deal, but it'll be a bigger deal, guys, when a player comes out and he is 25, 26, and a star point guard, a star receiver, a star quarterback, a star whatever. Because then it's a whole, then it's on a whole different level. Because you, you know, you look at it right now. How many people own Jason Collins jersey? Jason Collins, he owns the one that he wears for the game, and his mom might own one. But when you're a player, he doesn't
3: have a jersey. Yeah, I got mean, this. He wears a suit on the bench,
1: right? Oh, so um Kevin, I think I think you you you've got to go cuz you're going to see you, yep. you said you're going to see Iron Man. Um so let's get back to the Saints. Final thought from you on what is realistic to expect from this draft class into 2013 and what in your mind uh will 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 we say okay in December, man, this draft cast was really sick. This draft, that 2013 draft was good. Or what will we, obviously we'll say it's a failure if, the, if nobody's playing well, but what is a realistic thing to expect out of this draft class? You know, I mean, obviously, uh, so
2: it, it, were, were you asking me just so I could just get a quick answer and then get out?
1: I mean, you can, you, know, you can pontificate and then get out either way.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, the has to, the has to be a starter. And I would probably say that the, uh, that, uh, that the nose has to be a, uh, a starter too. And I would probably argue that maybe Vaccaro has to, yeah, Vaccaro definitely has to be a full timer. And we have to get another, uh, a full timer. And Vicaro has to, has to make it, has to that as, as an immediate upgrade over Harper and Jenkins, uh, in order for this draft to be considered a success. And with that, I'm out.
1: Alright. Thanks, so, Kevin. Uh, uh, Andrew, your thoughts. What what is a fair like in December? Is a fair thing like he says? Hey, Vicaro's starting and playing really well. And is it one other guy is contributing, or does it have to be another defensive guy? What makes the 2013 draft successful in 2013?
2: Okay, well
3: let's run through every player. Um, are you talking year one? Like what makes it successful?
1: Yeah, I mean, like what, what what's going to make time? it? What what's going to what is what does the 2013 draft have to do to really help the Saints be a serious ball contender? This year? Yes.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, first of all, the first comment, Vaccaro has got to be a starter and, and, a, and a good starter. Uh, I, I think he's got to at least have a decent rookie season um, that is more valuable than anything we've seen from Malcolm Jenkins or Roman Harper in recent history. Um, you know, now... That, that one year that Roman Hartberg had seven sacks was pretty nice. but And I'm not expecting the to have more than that certain, But um, he was so bad that you're in coverage. I mean, you know, I, I still think if he's not getting seven sacks posting those kinds of numbers, he could still be, on the whole, a more productive player with less limitations. So he's got to start. I agree with Ralph. I'm sorry, with Kevin there. Um, I agree with Kevin that Jenkins, that he doesn't need to start but he needs to be a contributor. He needs to be in the rotation. He needs to be in there on running downs, and he needs to be making some sort of impact. I mean, if, if the Saints get out of Jenkins what they got out of a team Hicks last year a, as a starting point, then I feel okay about that. Like, I, that, then he's a decent role player that, that, that's contributing, and I can live with that. But I would love to see him, in fact, get more snaps than team Hicks did last year. Um, so to me, that's number two. Um, Armstead, Litcher. Uh, uh, I mean, we know he'll probably be. I'm going to be really disappointed if he doesn't make the team. But left tackle, to me, they've added some competition at that spot, but it, it's no more resolved than it was um, when German Bushrod left. I mean, now there's Charles Brown, Jason Smith, and Teron Armstead. So you've got three guys that are competing for that spot. Um, but I'm I'm no more or less convinced that. Charles Brown is not still the the guy that ends up winning it. Um, I really have no idea. So we'll watch and see how that plays out. But, man, it would be awesome if Armstead could turn some heads and become a starter. Um, Then I think this draft class, if if he's a productive starter and earns that left tackle spot, then this this draft is a huge, huge win. If those first three guys are contributing. Um, I'm not expecting much from the others. Um, So I guess it was two guys. So, um, you know, Kenny Stills. I'm not really excited. I mean, year one from him, I'm kind of thinking that's a red shirt. Rookie year.
1: receivers don't play for the Saints. I mean, yep. Colson's yep. the only so, one. The other ones, you, yeah. I mean. So,
3: I, if anything, I think Nick Toon will probably kind of get his chance this year, and Kenny Stills probably year right a good way. So
1: he'll get stashed away on
3: that injured reserve kind of red shirt year. Uh, Rick Porter, I have no idea what to expect, but that guy could easily, easily, easily be cut and not even make the team. Um, and then I think you got to hope a couple of these, uh, these, uh, undrafted rookie free agents so there's you know, everyone loves Chase Thomas already. Um, but if, uh, if one or two of those guys I mean, you usually the same get a guy that, that, whether it's Traverse Cadet, whether it's Isabdul Caduce, or, you know, Lance Moore, Pierre Thomas, I mean, they, they seem to get one of these guys, Jonathan Cassini, Joe Long, Dunbar, every year. Well, I'm gonna, um, that makes the team and contribute on special teams or something. So,
1: well, I'm gonna tell you a, who I. Good,
3: th- Go
1: ahead. I'm going to tell you who I think it is. I th- I think I think Ryan Griffin's going to beat out Seneca Wallace and Luke McCown for the Wow. And, and he's not. He's going to be. He's going to be a step ahead of Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels. Remember the Saints? They signed him, and he was on the. He was on and off the practice squad for a year, and then the next year he came in and solidified it, and got the job. I think Ryan Griffin is going to be a step ahead of him because he's already played in the Saints offense under Curtis Johnson, and the Saints guaranteed like 15 grand of his salary. I know that's nothing for an NFL team to do, but for an undrafted player, that's kind of a little bit. I think Griffin is going to come in, and people are going to be like, holy shit, yeah – not that he not that he's like oh my god he's going to be something great but it's going to be like oh yeah he's better than Seneca Wallace and Luke McCown he needs to be the backup quarterback that's that's going to be my that's going to be my prediction you know
2: uh, i'm not I'm
3: not with you on that I, I think uh i think he gets cut and then put on the practice squad and i think Ryan Griffin spends year 1 um learning learning the offense learning the ropes of the NFL from the practice squad and I think so, he'll be with the Saints. I just don't think, I don't think he'll be number two.
1: Yeah. I- interesting. I mean, you know, the left tackle thing is interesting because part of you is like, man, if, if, if Armstead, you know, if he could, if he could get in there and play, uh, because Jason Smith, I mean, he's a, he's a bust and a warm body and, you know, Charles Brown can't stay healthy and he's been eh. But it's so risky, you feel like it's so risky to put a left tackle, you know, it's not like, it's not like a guard where, you know, you know, Andrew, if they needed, if they needed a, if they needed a, if they had a spot at guard or they, you know, even center, Drew Brees could help them at center or other position. You're like, get him in there, start getting him reps because he's not going to get better watching. But left tackle is like, so you, you, you worry that if your left tackle fucks up, Drew Brees is getting broken in half. Um mm-hmm. so it's it's an interesting dichotomy um but the you know Andrew the Saints have a history Carl Nix and they have a history of thro- uh, um Brian DeLaPointe. they have a history of, of the lo- on the offensive line of saying hey you've got the talent you're the best guy we're putting you out there and you can, f- we're okay with you figuring that out on the fly. I mean, they, they kicked Olin Kurtz to the, you know, Olin Krutz. you know, they kicked him to the curb and they've done it before. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. What would you say, what would you say is the chances of Armstead playing? And if he does, will it be a bad sign in 2013?
3: Uh, it could be. I mean, I really think, part of the issue with a lot of these college players, especially a guy like Armstead who played at Arkansas Pine Bluff and just not going up against very good competition and, and really doesn't. I I, I mean, I, I let's just look at it from the obvious point of view of when you're in the SEC and you're facing these defensive ends week in, week out that are just incredibly fast guys like Sam Montgomery, Barkevius Mingo and the dude from Georgia. I mean, when 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 those guys are coming at you every I mean John Jenkins and you're blocking guys like that, there's extra motivation to bulk up to work harder in the weight room to push yourself. When you're Armstead and you're better than everyone else because every team you play is dog shit, um, and you're mowing guys over, um, I'm sure there's a motivation in the back of his head like, hey, I really need to work hard so I can be ready for the NFL. But week to week, when you're dominating, um, it's just there's less incentive, I think. He's,
1: to, he, he's an interesting case because he seems like a good kid, and he's already he's already been co- in contact with Willie Rolfe because Willie Rolfe is was is from the same area of Arkansas that he grew right, up in, and he right. apparently he's already watching tape of Willie Rolfe. So he's an he's an interesting guy, and he is a physical freak. Yeah. Well,
3: the thing that's great about him is he he moves incredibly well, um, and everything I've read and everything I've seen on him is that. He, down the road, he is going to be an excellent blocker, um, with speed rushers. So, yeah. you know, the, the Abrahams, I mean, obviously Abrahams is not in anymore, but, um, as you continue to see guys like that coming off the edge, the Vaughn Miller, the, the, uh, the dude from San Francisco whose name is escaping me right now, but when, when you're facing, Jason Pierre Paul, when you're facing these elite edge rushers, sort of just, and, and yeah. most of the offensive linemen can't get around fast enough um, to, to get him out of the edge. And then, you know, the quarterback's arm is exposed to a strip and all that stuff. He seems to me like a guy that is over time going to develop and be able to neutralize that those types of scary pass rushers very well. So from that standpoint, it's really exciting to have a guy with his talent and his size and, and the quick feet. You know, that, that's just,
1: yeah. that is
3: something that you don't see a lot, but I, I think the issue with a guy like that is it just takes time to develop your strength. And we saw that with John Finch. I mean, He just, he yeah. was just not ready until year three or four. And German Bushrod was the same way. And we're seeing that with Charlie Brown. And, um, you know, it's a little bit different with the interior linemen, the guards, where a lot of guys you draft, there are, they come pretty thick and they come pretty built, but yeah. a lot of these tackles, you know, especially the athletic ones, um, they need to add weight to their frame. And Streif was another guy who wasn't ready, until so, um he was able to add some power and strength. And so it's crazy he has quick feet, but um, he's not going to be a big asset in the run game. And that's one thing that German Bushrod excelled in. Um, when he was pulling um, as a lead blocker on the screen passes to Pierre Thomas on the edge pitches to Darren Sproles, he was quick enough to get to the outside, and then he would just lay it devastating block on an outside linebacker. Um, you know, that that's something Armstead's gonna have to get stronger and, and so that's the big question I think. I, I absolutely think if he stays healthy, he will get to a point where he's strong enough that he's ready and he can become the starter based on his athleticism. But I I'm unsure if he can get that strong that quickly in year one and be ready.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting because I I really think, Andrew, there is a I think there's a 30% shot where come training camp, I, I mean, I know that Jonathan Stint, remember with Jonathan come he retired because the Saints looked at him like, oh my God, he can't, he can't play anymore. I, I think there's a potential where they look at it and they're like, holy shit, Jonathan Smith is terrible or Jason, holy sh- shit, Jason Smith is terrible. Um, yep. and Charles Brown is nicked up again and suddenly, Armstead is out there playing, and yeah. they look at it and they're like, you know what? He's not perfect. He's not strong. But you know what? Fuck it, we're playing him. I think there's yeah. like a twenty-five, thirty percent chance, and it 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 could be, it could be a bad sign, but it almost might not. It could be okay. I mean, look, if teams knew how draft picks from small schools were going to go, they'd have picked Jari Evans in the top ten in o in 'o six. Okay. That's a, yeah. So
3: And look, Ralph, I mean, to your point, I mean, you never know how it's going to go. And there's little things you can do. I mean, yeah. you remember very well the Saints had, what, a fifth string right tackle at some point last yep. year. So there, there's things you can do. You can double team. You can ship with the running backs. You can run play action, roll out plays away from that side of the line. So there's a lot of little things you can do to help a guy out if, if he's the weak the weakness in your offensive line. Um, and certainly it's nice that you've got Jari Evans and Ben Grubbs playing on either side of your tackles. It can kind of help.
1: Yeah. And it becomes, and it becomes too, Andrew, you know, how much, how much better is Jason Smith and Charles Brown than Armstead? Because he's the future. So if it's really close, you want that guy playing. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be really interesting. Like you said, and they could help him. and, And, you know, go ahead.
3: Those are the three guys, you know, those are the three guys that could be left tackle. Personally, I just think Jason Smith, we, we've seen it. I mean, unless he has some surprising, you know, just rise from the dead, I, I think it's fair to say that he's probably either going to get injured or just not do that well. I mean, I don't think we can count on him playing well, you know, if he, if he does well. But, I mean, this is like any other signing of a guy that was drafted by, that had all this potential once upon a time. And he just never panned out for anyone. And it's just it's just naive to think he's going to pan out for the Saints. So I think realistically it's probably Charles Brown as the starter week one. And we'll see how he does, but we know he has a history of getting injured. So when and if that happens, um Armstead's gonna play this year.
1: Yeah, and the thing I, I'm gonna say with Jason Smith, I'm gonna say not only is he not gonna be on the roster opening game opening week. Andrew, he's not going to make it to the third preseason game.
3: It's very possible. And that, look, they've got a young kid that, that's got nice size in Marcel Jones, who mm-hmm. was a draft pick last year, and uh, you know that's. An, I mean, Streep was picked in the seventh round, just like Marcel Jones. Don't rule out that guy coming out of nowhere having a good camp, and you know they've got a little competition there now, and that, that's all you can really ask for yeah. right now. They lost Bushrod. We don't know who the left tackle is going to be. But at least now they have bodies. You know, you talk about, I mean, you had Marcel Jones, basically, who we don't even know if he can really play left tackle, and Charles Brown. That's all they had, you know, a a week ago. So now they've added Jason, or two weeks ago until they added Jason Smith. So now they've added Jason Smith, who we think is going to suck, but you never know. At least he was drafted high. And we've got this this guy that needs to get stronger, but is a physical freak and runs really well and has great feet. Um, And so... You know, now you've got some competition, and we'll see how it plays out. I mean, Marcus Colson, you'll remember, was a disaster in minicamp. He, he was. He Couldn't catch a ball. Couldn't run that fast. And, and I think a lot of people didn't even see him making the roster. Like, they were like, guy's going to be cut. It
1: was kind of came fat. Back and,
3: yeah. Came back in great shape, um, caught every ball, and, and was a starter by week one. So um not only that the Saints traded Dante.
1: they traded Dante Stallworth in the middle of camp and we're like yeah we're trading Dante Stallworth Colston's going to be fine yeah um before we get out of here Andrew let's um I
3: would love that accelerated growth I mean,
1: yeah crazy. well you know Marcus Colson. I think he caught touchdowns in his first like three or four games he was like the first rookie to ever do that I mean he was, he was catching yeah. touchdowns he was t- catching touchdowns against Cleveland you know uh that opening week but um who in the draft, either in the Saints division, or just in general, did you think did a really good job, and who did, or or who stuck out as doing a really good job, or who stuck out as doing a really terrible job in the draft that you want to make fun of? You can go either way. In the NFC South only? Or no, in a, anywhere in the NFL. Oh uh, Well,
3: I mean, I, I don't see how you can look at any draft and, and think that Buffalo... <laughs> I, mean, I just don't see how you could think that Buffalo did a good job of the draft and... Anyone that
2: suggests
3: that they did anything other than worse than anyone else is, is out of their mind because for them to go with E.J. Manuel in the first round, when he would have easily been available in the second.
1: Um, you trade you know, that. They, they needed to trade down again. They could have, I yeah. would have been so bad with it, Andrew, if they would have said, look, we're going from 16 and we're going to go from 16 to 26 or 27 because then you, if you're Buffalo, you can say, look, we traded down – Twice we weren't sure that he was going to last until 41, and that's an argument. Yes. I would have said I disagree with you, but I'll buy it. Nobody was picking him in the top 30. No, no, and and look, I mean
3: that it, it, Buffalo. I mean that's all you need that needs to be said. And so now they're dealing with EJ Manuel. Or Kevin Cobb as their quarterback, so will we'll be picking in the top 10 again next year and the year after that. And uh, you guys have fun with that because um, that, that team is going to be terrible once again. And, and uh, you know, the Raiders, true to form, uh, didn't really impress me with their picks. They did a little bit better after the first round, but... Um,
1: Never the, picked a guy first, with serious internal bleeding. That's my <laughs> motto. That's always my... Yeah. Motto.
3: Yeah. So, you know, the Raiders and the Bills... Um, Terrible, um, Carolina. I mean, we talked about it. I mean, for them to get that value at, at fourteen to get a player of that quality is just is just unbelievable. And so, um, I, I think they came out pretty good in the draft. And Dallas, um, I
1: thought was terrible when they Dallas played. was yep because the thing is, Andrew is is look if you to me if people are if you're going to argue oh the Saints should have taken Jarvis Jones or they should have taken you you're just injecting your opinion into the draft and look everybody can say the draft is nothing but opinion but when you pick a guy that every other draft analyst has as a third round pick or a fourth round pick and you pick him in the top 30 picks that to me is a bad sign that you do not know how to run your draft it's like going to a car dealership and paying ten thousand dollars extra for a car you're just not savvy enough now you know did the saints make a good pick with this car i don't know but nobody had him you know if mel kuyper would have said i had him as a fourth round pick and mcshay would have said i had him as a third round pick and mike mayock would have said i had him rated number 110 then i'd have been like what the fuck are the saints doing what what draft ratings are they doing because that's a bad sign and when when john mcshay says i really like him he's the best center I just would sort have of liked him in the third or fourth round. That's a bad sign, but it's Dallas, so I'm happy that Jerry Jones still doesn't know what he's doing. Is there a yep. pick a pick that you liked besides your guy's star, that a second or third round pick or whatever, that you were like, man, that team made a really good pick? Not necessarily that you wish the Saints would have picked him wherever, but a guy that you said, yeah, that's a good pick. I like him, and it's really good value, and I'm surprised that he fell.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think Geno Smith fell. I mean, I thought he would go in the first round. So, I mean, that's not a quarterback that I would want. And, but I I think he was one of the better quarterbacks in the draft. So um, for him to fall in the second round, I mean, that's a decent value. I mean, we mocked Nancy Teo, but for the Chargers to trade up and get him in the second round, um, that was decent value. I mean, I, again, we talked about his medical files, and I have no idea what's going on with his neck. Me- but um, if, if he's even reasonably healthy, I've been a long time fan. You know this of Jarvis Jones, yep. and for for the Steelers to get him, where they got him, I mean they run the same defense as the Saints, and uh, they're going to be able to plug him into that that, that lineup, and he's going to be able to, to replace James Harrison, and maybe pick up right where Harrison left off. And uh, I, I think that's a huge gift for the Steelers, for them to pick that low and get a paid player of that quality. Um, you know, at 15, the Saints, it's still like, okay, like, Vicaro's out there, there's a couple other guys. Do we really take that risk on a guy whose health is questionable? But when you 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 know when, you're, when you get a few picks below that where the Steelers are picking, all of a sudden that, that, that's two, three more guys that are gone. Um, so now he's kind of over oh, talent-wise. He's by far the best guy left. And if you're even somewhat happy with his health, um, you take him. You know, yeah, I just think I, I just think he's perfect for that defense.
1: Yeah, the guy that I really They're like, guys. the guy that I really like, and I'm convinced that I'm right on him because of what team took him is Eric, Eric Reed from LSU. He was fantastic the year LSU played for the national championship. Last year he wasn't as good because they were missing Claiborne and they didn't have Teron, Teron Matthew. So he had to play more of the sort of a safety role where he was kind of covering for guys and he, 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 he didn't really play it as, he didn't really play as well. He took some bad angles. He, he was a little bit banged up. I loved him. Uh, and that San Francisco, as soon as the Saints took Vicaro, that San Francisco said, Dallas, get on the phone and they spent some draft picks to move up from 31 to 18 to get Reed. They know you can hate San Francisco all you want, but they know what the hell they're doing in the draft. So he's a guy that I real I really liked Andrew and would have been okay. I hate
3: to say it, Ralph, but uh, that that's another team, the Forty ers that I thought came out of that draft pretty nice.
1: Oh man, they 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 got um they got the guy from uh tank they got Tank Carradine from Florida State. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, and the thing is. Grade. The thing is, it worked. They had so many picks, and my thing was they're going to have to trade a lot of these picks because they're not going to have roster spots. But the thing is, Andrew, they got Tank Carradine and they got um, Marcus Lattimore. They can redshirt them. They'll put them on. They'll they'll let them go all the way through training camp, and then they'll put them on IR. And they're so deep, it won't matter. And and they'll have. I mean, I just think that that they really know what they're doing draft wise. Um, You know, and. It's interesting now with the draft, Andrew, because of the salary scale that rookies have, teams aren't afraid to trade up, which make, to me, makes the draft much more fascinating. Because it used to be a team would say, oh, I like this, I like, you know, a a safety, but I'm not going to trade up to pick him in the top 10 because I'm not giving a safety $45 million. Now, a team will just say, we want that player, and we have the extra picks, we're going, you know, like the Rams, we're going from 16 to 8, we're getting Tavars austin Whereas before the salary scale, Andrew, I don't know if you move up in the top 10 and pay an undersized wide receiver like that, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, I mean, and, in- I could talk for days about (laughs) what the the rookie scale has has done and how how it's changed the league, but I think now what we're seeing, I mean, you're seeing some of these contract numbers that Romo got, that Matt Ryan's going to get. I mean, good quarterbacks, but not even really elite quarterbacks. And so now that these teams have been able to pay these rookies manageable figures, I think the thinking when this was agreed to was, Okay, well, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, the veterans are gonna start to see more money. I mean, look at free agency this off season. No, you know, the, these guys aren't getting much money. I mean, Austin Wong got a horrible deal. Um, you know, a guy like Tracy Porter got what, like two, two and a half million. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these free agents, you know, teams, they're like, look, we're, we're, rookies are cheap, and and so, you know, we're not gonna pay you because now the the, the NFL has become such a A platoon system, you know, a system of 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 just um, rotation where all of these guys are coming in and out, and you know that Joe Morgan or Devery Henderson or or Lance Moore, like yes, there's a drop off in quality, but you're all going to play, and so a lot of teams are starting to do that, and so now what we're seeing is these quarterbacks are absorbing anywhere from fifteen to twenty percent of the of the salary cap, and then the rest of the salary cap is just dispersed amongst everyone else. And yeah, so that like for a team like the Saints, all of a sudden you're starting to realize, ooh, yeah, that Roman Harper deal was pretty bad. Actually. Yeah,
1: that's the that, that's the, that was the that's the one contract really since the Drew Brees era. That's the one contract that you can look at and you can say it's a ba- it's a bad contract because to me, Andrew, when you look at a, a player's contract. Like, Will Smith, you could, people will say now, oh, that's a terrible contract. Well, let me tell you something. Will Smith was going to get that contract regardless. You know, yeah. the, the Saints actually got a little bit of a discount. They said, hey, we'll give it, we'll give you this a year early and not let you get to free agency. If Will Smith would have, you know, I think he had, I think he had 11 and a half sacks and the, The year before they gave him the contract. If he'd have gone into free agency, say the Saints would have let him play it out, and he'd have had another ten sack year. I think the Saints gave him seventy million. He'd have got eighty five. You know, so they had to give him that deal. The Roman Harper deal. Other safeties were getting like four million, and so I was like, why are they giving Roman Harper seven million? I I I didn't quite I didn't quite get that. And and Mickey Loomis has been good with the contracts. I mean, the other deals that the Saints have given. You know, the, 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 you can you can reasonably say, hey, if they wouldn't have given Lance Moore five million, somebody else would have given it to him. You know, um, mm-hmm. so they've been good. But like you say, I mean, it's it, the cap is flat. And and look, there's a reason why Roger Goodell got a twenty five million dollar bonus after doing yep. the deal. For the, you know, if you work for a company and you, you know, I think Roger Goodell his base salary is like three million. He got literally, I think, twenty four million dollars in bonuses. So he got like eight times his salary in bonuses. When your bosses do that for you, they only do that for one reason because Roger Goodell fucking killed it in the negotiations, and they said. At a boy, Roger. We're gonna give you twenty-four million because you just made us billions over the next ten years. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And and, I mean, you look at you look at teams like Seattle and San Francisco who are fortunate. And I mean, the Redskins aren't there yet, but um, certainly San Francisco and, and Seattle they have a very low investment in their quarterbacks, and that has allowed them to just load up their roster with talent. Um, and and spread their salary cap over a number of players. So when you're like, how are the rich getting richer? How are the 49ers getting all these picks? How are they signing all these guys to, like, awesome ones, to to small deals? And and how is Seattle getting all these players? Well, they've got money to burn because they're not spending it on a quarterback. And so, um, you know, that cheap labor you get out of Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick, I mean, down the road it will come back to bite them hopefully, but right now they're sitting pretty.
1: Yeah, so on that note, uh go to Saints Nation, read Andrew Jude's stuff. He may uh, even post random songs, you never know. Uh but
3: for Andrew Jude Is Iron Eagle gonna be the outro as well?
1: Uh it is. It, in fact Andrew, it's playing it's playing right now as you speak. Uh so it is. <laughs> for, for it is, it is. For Andrew Jude, for Kevin Hald, I'm Ralph Marlborough, uh until next week, people safe. Be-
0: Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Let's jump into Pepper's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig. Inspiring
2: kid confidence.